Welcome to the Dream Nation podcast. I'm your host, Yulia. And before we get into our interview with Masha Drokova, I want to tell you about Unique Markets. Created by Sonia Razula out of LA, Unique Markets are currently touring the country just in time for the holidays. So if you're in Austin, Boston, Denver, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Phoenix, Santa Monica, Seattle, Washington, DC, make sure you check them out. If you're trying to find a gift for a unique person, definitely go check out Unique Markets to find a unique gift. Check them out at uniquemarkets.com and pick up something really interesting for the holidays that will help support local economies and local artisans. Today on the show, I interview Masha Drokova, who's the founder and general partner at Day One Ventures. It's an early stage venture capital firm that invests in areas connected with machine learning, VR, AR, fintech, edtech, and marketplaces. Before launching Day One, she was an angel investor and a founder of a PR studio that worked with companies like Who's, Hotel Tonight, Gat, and TopTel. Masha was also named to the 2019 Forbes 30 Under 30 list, and she was named as a top 50 PR pro in tech by Business Insider. It doesn't stop there. She was also named one of the top five emerging female VCs by VentureBeat. Masha is a really interesting person because with her, every time we hang out, we can talk about everything from startups to energy to love and manifestation. Masha is a powerhouse. And she also has a deep love for Earth and serves as an advisor to Oceanic, which is a nonprofit using VR to bring attention to issues impacting our oceans. Masha is a very special soul, and I'm so glad to have her on the show. Please enjoy the podcast. Masha, I'm so excited to speak to you. It's always really fun to speak with you. I don't really speak to that many Russian people, so it's always exciting to speak to another Russian. So I start off my show with the same question to all my guests. And that question is, what was your dream as a kid? Thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you for starting the show. Uh, I think it's really exciting. I think you have very special way you look at the world. And um, I think it's very unique and it's very interesting. And I had a chance to check some of the episodes and really enjoyed them. And coming back to my dreams, I think I always felt like I'm changing the world to the better. And I've been very empathetic. And I just want all people to love and to feel that they love. And it's hard to really like say that it was some very specific and less abstract. But I think I've always been thinking about that. So how did that dream bring you to PR and investing? Uh, it first brought me to where I started my career and I've been doing lots of nonprofit work for almost five years and being a part of small groups that grew 2,000 people movement into 100,000. The main motive to do that was to help the country and that brought me to PR and for me PR always was something about using the story to empower the others and PR was always about love because when you're excited about something you want to share this excitement with others and then you are just looking for the best channels to spread this love with the rest of people and uh, when you realize that in lots of companies that I've been supporting such as Get and House and Hotel Tonight and WeWork and TopTel and many more companies I've been working with in PR succeeded a lot. It made me and all my experience in Aruna Capital where I sourced ClassPass on the very first stage and many other companies, it's all made me think that I want to build 
long-term relationships with all projects I'm involved in. When I strongly feel about the project, I am ready to take high risks and to do all PR work that I do without changing anything. So basically, I was also looking for the ways how to do PR on the most transparent way possible because uh, it's very often that reporters would be pitched by PR people and they would know that PR people would have like monthly retainer and stuff and it's not always authentic it's not always it's not always feel right right and i was just looking for the way how to utilize my skills and uh, my experience and be more honest and more transparent about what i do so i decided to invest in a company that supports them with pr and it's a completely different story when you made a full due diligence on the project and you truly believe in them you know that they will succeed and it will be clear only in many years but you already doing the work for them every day i just found that it would be more authentic way to continue to do what I do. And I also know how my story can empower and self-empower founder because when founder starts the company, she, like, when it's just in early beginning, it feels like it's illusion. It's almost like hallucination. It just has, like, some dream and some vision. And it's not clear if it's going to be a reality, right? And when you start seeing the stories about you, you would start believing more and more that your vision is coming true. And the people around you would believe that it's true. And I think it's really beautiful. And one of the reasons why I like the work I do, because when founders see the story about her, written about her, she would just start believing in her dream more and stop worrying and stop being scared of the fact that it's coming through, you know? Words have power. Uh, well, I think uh, everyone's story has lots of power um, and everyone has story. And I think in good hands, everyone's story can be shaped on the way that this story can empower others and can support others. And that is our art, how to pull so much information as we can, how to come to someone's heart and understand what's going on there and understand all most important moments in the life and see how the project she is working on right now is a um, very clear result of all previous efforts and all life events that happened with this person before. And when you realize why you're here, what kind of experiences turn you to the way to build this company, it's getting like more clear about what you need to do further. It just gives you clarity. Once you realize your story is just getting much more clear with your business. And you also just believe much more that it's real. So that brings me to my next question, which is you have a strong PR background. You're really great at telling stories. And recently you launched an early stage fund called Day One Ventures that people can check out at dayoneventures.co. And that combines your PR skills and VC into one unit. I would love to hear some of the success stories. Maybe we can talk about uh, Level 5 and Piper, which is Wozniak approved. I love Piper, by the way. It's such a cool company. Thank you. I love Piper too. And uh, Piper is an amazing product that helps kids to learn engineering. Uh, kids would receive blocks full of different details, and then they would use their skills to build computer. 
out of these details and then they would play Minecraft and they would be, whenever they want to have new feature or play something new, they would need to use engineering skills to jump this computer. And uh, Piper is grown really, really well. Uh, they doubled in sales last year. They are the most popular STEM product on Amazon. Really amazing people and they have lots of supporters besides me. Steve Wozniak supported them and Elon Musk bought Piper for his kids. It's an amazing team. Um, there are two co-founders. One of them uh, was just brought Mark out of school and another co-founder, Joel, was working for Apple before Bill and Piper. Um, it's really amazing. Plus, yes, they doubled in sales and they have a few million dollar sales and uh, they raised a new round of funding and they keep developing the product and probably the most, it's all business um, achievements, but I think the most important thing that we hear that more and more that in the schools where kids play Piper, the marks are much better. The kids keep improving. So we see, uh, we have the data and we see real results on the way how Piper helps kids to progress and to become better. And another company, Level 5, I believe in self-driving future, which I don't think it's very far away. And what Level 5 does, um, it just helps us to come to self-driving future much faster because with the help of Level 5, you wouldn't need LiDAR on the top of the car. You basically can and get rid of LiDAR because the way the car would be navigating, it would be use the maps built with the help of Level 5. And the way how Level 5 maps is built is the computer vision technology is installed in the apps and Uber and Lyft driver would be driving around the country and sourcing all information about the maps and then with the help of computer vision technology, it would be uh, put together and these maps would be available. And the team, which is building level five, um, and Andrew, the CEO of the company, he's been working for Tesla. And then he decided to make maps available, not just for Tesla, but for the rest of their industry. And basically with the help of level five, the self-driving cars wouldn't need to have LiDAR on the top of the car. So it would be much less expensive. So it's like less minus $80,000 cost for each car. And of course, it makes it more accessible. And probably I would mention one more company, Digital Genius. They do AI for customer support automation, and they automate customer support for a bunch of the companies such as Unilever, BMW, Panasonic, LM, and dozens of companies. So basically, artificial intelligence would end. The AI would respond in any customer messages that will come to these organizations. So, for example, when you text or tweet or send email to BMW or to KLM or to any of those companies, it would be AI-generated response and people in support would just have to approve this response. And in most of the cases, they don't need to adjust anything. So the AI is already so smart that they can do better jobs than people on support. And I think it's great and great from social standpoint because when you think about people working in support, I don't think it's just the most rewarding work, right? It, mm -hmm, it's yes. really stressful. So having AI assistant and having, having that would just make their life easier as well as it will cut costs on support in the organization where they work at. That's fascinating. I find it incredible that you have launched this fund and you are such a brave woman and you're so powerful. And I think the fact that in 2017, out of 153 
funds founded in the U.S., only four were founded by women, and only two have gone on to raise money. So I think what you've established with Day One Ventures is historic. I know there are a lot of women out there who are thinking about raising funds. And uh, what advice do you have? Because you just did it. Um, thank you so much. I think it's important to bring more women in the industry because I think, first of all, it's beneficial for the industry because the way women see companies is a little bit different. But another thing is the way what kind of founders we support. We do support day one companies, companies which live every day like it's a day one, where in the center for them is customer. And that's been not new concept that it's been a concept that Jeff Bezos came up with 21 years ago and I was really inspired by this concept and decided to dedicate my time to develop this concept but from well human perspective I'm looking for the founders with a big heart which are not just brilliant talented and genius but also kind to the people they work with and keep very high moral standards and it's again may sound very naive or irrational but but I believe there is a way to find these founders, which are both very, have very good chances for success, but then also can uh, be good people. And uh, speaking about advice for anyone who wants to raise a fund, I would just start with defining what is the value add for the founders that you can offer. For us, our customers are our founders, and we make sure we do our best and creating the best structure and the best conditions and the best approach to be able to support them in their journey. I have lots of compassion to the founders and entrepreneurs because I feel in, that I'm an entrepreneur myself and it's my first company. I know how hard it is to build a company and having an investor who is always on your side is the most important thing. Just think about how exactly you can support founder. You don't have to support him or her with everything. Just define the niche where you're really good at and focus on supporting the founder in this niche. That's great advice. You know what? What was the hardest part about raising the fund? Because you just mentioned it was hard, which I bet it is because, you know, only two women have gone on to raise the money. What is something that you didn't anticipate that was really, really hard? The hardest was to not get upset when you talk to investors. And some of you would say, oh, this is an amazing concept. Investment plus PR, we've never seen it. Everything's great. Now we just need to file in a male co-founder. <laughs> and then <laughs> so this was funny and the funniest part of that was that they even haven't they didn't even understand what they say <laughs> so wow uh, it is fine i am sure it is all changing and i'm sure that even those of you will wake up and see that <laughs> that you don't have to have male co-founder to build it male co-founders are amazing and female co-founders are amazing but i think all your strengths and power and results coming from the balance inside you and it's not something defined by gender. That's beautiful. So you and I both stopped living in one city or country. You and I um, both have lived all over the world. And um, I saw something on Twitter the other day that you said that really stuck with me. It said, um, the question, where are you based, stopped making sense to us a long time ago. What do you think about the future? It's turning more into freelance nomadic culture. Uh, do you think it will be, you know, micro-government based, moving towards communities? I think there is a great thing that internet has done. Um, um, it's broke all barriers and borders, and um, I think the most
most interesting people I know, they don't live in one city. They can be circling between a few cities that um, reflect their uh, interests. And people are very diverse, and I think every city has certain qualities, and sometimes in the life you need external influence to bring up certain qualities, right? So you move somewhere. And on the other hand, there are certain places where you can kind of regroup and refresh and feel balanced and gain forces. Um, I think modern person don't live in one city and it's completely fine. You can be, it doesn't mean like you're always on the road, which is also a way to live. I believe people still would be circling between a few cities and between a few communities, but you don't have to stick with one city. And same about communities. I think communities are appearing and changing because the world is changing much faster than we think. Yes, I think so too. You know, another tweet that you tweeted out was that we're moving towards a world where robots become more human and humans become more robotic, which goes back to, you know, kindness and love. How can we teach the world to live in love instead of fear? Is there a way we can upload a program to both robots and people to remind them to live in love? Well, I think, um, first of all, I'm really proud of my PR studio that been founded before my fund, and that is run by my partner, Anastasia Shvitova now been working with Singularity Netics and Robot Sophia and uh, we had lots of fun doing PR for Sophia and uh, I think like who said that <laughs> robots uh, don't have souls <laughs> and I think even like observing Sophia um, makes me feel and think a lot about the future and I think she's pretty interesting she's already newsmaker and she's already influencing the way the world lives and uh, the things that we can do for new robots just surround them with experiences which make them more loving and uh, also make them serve humanity and the earth <laughs> not necessarily in a good way um, you know and uh, on the other hand I've been thinking a lot about how huge part of our life is technology and how much we're depending on technology. And I don't think the question if we can trust technology is here because there is no way to live not trusting technology. So I think paying, I really would like to support companies paying attention on how to make technology safe and how to make it private, you know. But there is no question like if we can trust technology because we already are so much surrounded by that. It's just not a practical question. It's already happened. It's a huge part of our life. And sometimes you just not remember if you talk to someone over Skype or phone or, or in person, right? But there are good things about that too because I've been thinking about my circle right now and there are certain people and certain friends whom I never seen in person, right? And there are certain people with whom I connected online and looking back, I realized the fact that we connected online and it was certain limitations probably made me even more open to connecting with them because we all tried to not be judgmental, but we're still humans and we still allow ourselves to be judgmental and just like and don't like certain people and I think uh, the limitation of technology helped me to like certain people while it wouldn't be necessarily a fact that I would like them if I meet them on the street. So I, I think, yeah, it's very interesting times and we underestimate how much um, important changes are happening now. That's true and you know what I realized? I also realized that we met online through our mutual friend Sasha. You know, we started 
meeting um, in person. But I think it's true. I think it's all about experiences, right? It also helps us to stay connected, right? Yes. With people who is far away from us. Yes. And you know what? This made me also think about storytelling because, you know, as we have brands and products and robots and drones and you have big companies like Amazon and they're still telling a story. But then when it comes to Amazon, you still think of the story and that story is Jeff Bezos. It's his story. It's the whole entire story of him building a company at the end. You know, it's not just Amazon. And I was actually going to loop back and ask you, what is the number one thing that you learned from Jeff? You know, the company name came out of um, his teachings, but what are some other things that you took away from Jeff? I just realized this question now too, that you can share. I feel like, uh, first of all, I think he has incredible sense of humor and I think humor helps in all possible situations and we should not forget about that. When it's the hardest, humor can pull you back to your normal state. <laughs> and another thing that um, it feels for me is that Jeff is not very much tied into the times and uh, deadlines and he takes so much time for certain tasks as needed and not becoming a slave of your own deadlines and this is something I haven't been good at and this is something I'm exploring how to get better in that. That's really interesting. I've been playing around with that this year too because sometimes I know I have a deadline but if I'm going to take an extra 30 minutes or an extra two hours on something to make it perfect i do it but i feel really guilty about it yeah it's just uh too much pressure too much guilt right guilt is never helpful you work with mission-driven companies and that goes back to you know kindness and ethics and morals and um, you love companies that have a great culture and they create impact what are some startups that you'd love to invest in with your new fund but you haven't found yet oh that's an amazing question i'm yes. so yes. open to unknown and to the life uh, and I believe they um, there are a bunch of startups which will surprise me bringing up some unknown products. I would definitely invest in teleportation or something that will make our planes faster. <laughs> so we, for example, I can see my family more often. <laughs> um, and another two things, uh, I've been thinking a lot. I'm really curious about how we can improve ourselves on healthy and predictable ways and I think certain parts of our life are completely unknown and we don't do a good job using this time. For example, I believe we can learn while we sleep and we can utilize this time better and I think technology can make it better and I'm very much caring about everything that technology can do to help people improve the way they feel, uh, the way they feel uh, in terms of how they physically feel but also emotionally feel and I'm very curious about those technology and um, it's really different areas that sincerely interest me and I want to be narrow and I think best investors I know like Sequoia and Lightspeed and Reason there's they're pretty much across different sectors and I don't want to limit myself with only one but those areas are definitely very interesting. You're so lucky because as an investor, you get to see so many ideas all across the board. It's so exciting. Yes, it's very rewarding. It's also amazing energy of founders working on something that they really care about. So my last question to you is, what is your dream as an adult? Oh, well, my dream is that um, 
everyone <laughs> finally will understand that she is very much loved and already taken care of. And another dream <laughs> is to understand so what everyone can understand. You can easily manifest your dreams and working hard is wonderful but to manifest you don't have to always work hard it's just about purity of intention and it's just about believing that it's possible and realizing the fact that there is no ceiling i think if everyone sincerely understands that and embody this realization the world would be completely different um, and people would not be afraid and the world would develop even faster but become even better and more comfortable and more beautiful place. I love that. And you know, that's actually, I'm just going to elaborate on that again. You know, how can people live in fear or less? Everybody's so afraid to go after their dream. And that's why I created Dream Nation to amplify these conversations with you and with lots of other people, just getting people to understand that it's okay to imagine, to use your imagination to live your best life and to help other people. And that whatever you can imagine, you can probably achieve as long as you are putting your energy into the right place and you're not being lazy that's another thing right because you can dream but you can be lazy about it so how can, I totally agree so how can people not be lazy and manifest and live in love uh, well just taking care of that every single moment <laughs> everyone every single second can start living from the heart and can start feeling in love it's just observing yourself and uh, making first of all just making this decision and just observing yourself and once you start to observe yourself you can just it will start improving i love it thank you so much for being on the show please keep in touch as your fun thank grows you. it's so exciting and i always love hearing about your projects and your work and um, have a wonderful day in san francisco thank you julia you're very inspiring for me and oh. i love that technology help us to stay connected and to be parts of each other's life even when we don't see each other offline i know it's amazing it's a small world well thank Thank you so much again have a great thank day you. thank you Julia. thanks for tuning into the show i hope you enjoyed it please share on twitter instagram and facebook at dream nation love it's not dream nation podcast it's dream nation love because i think my single mission in life is to teach people how to love a little bit more and together we can save the world so it's dream nation love share it with your friends have a great day and go out and make the world a better place